This is the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and Beyond, with your host, Greg Brenda. Pleasant good day, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. Greg Brenda here with you. Baseball is in the air. Spring training has started both in Arizona and Florida, which is always a good thing. There's always goodness in baseball when it starts. But unfortunately, we are now dealing in an era where baseball's rules, baseball's pace of the game needs to be changed. For a number of years now, the length of a baseball game has gotten longer and longer and longer to over three hours. Now, in today's society, there aren't many people who have three hours to give to anything, especially a sporting event. If you go to the NBA, an NBA game is done between two hours and 15 minutes and two and a half hours. Unless, and, and again, there are always those games that take a little longer. Always too. If you, you know, go into overtime, you're going to play a little bit longer. The NFL is a little over three hours. And again, if you play into overtime, it's going to take a little longer. The difference between the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball is simply this. Major League Baseball is played literally every day once the season begins, uh, you know, except for a rain out or an occasional day off. The NBA, sometimes you may play four games in a week. That's a lot. Three of the days, you're not playing. And of course, the National Football League, you're only playing once a week. So fans who are going to a football game on a Sunday afternoon or a Thursday night or a Monday night, Look at it and go, okay, this is that one day where I get to watch my team play. And I really don't care how long it takes. Same way with the NBA. And even with the NBA, it's rare that a game goes over two and a half hours. And if it does, it's slightly. In Major League Baseball, games average over three hours per night. And if you're going, if you are a crazy baseball fan, if you're a season ticket holder, and you're going to multiple games a week, I think the last thing you want to do is to go to a game that lasts three-plus hours each and every night. So Major League Baseball for the last couple of years has tried to uh, figure it out. How can we shorten the length of the game? How can we make uh, the game more palatable to someone who really only wants to spend two and a half hours at a sporting event? Well, I seriously doubt that Major League Baseball will ever get to two and a half hours. I I just don't see that happening, especially with the number of um, commercials that uh, now exist between innings, during innings, during pitching changes. But there are ways to shorten the game up. And the one rule which I thought makes a little bit of sense is to limit the number of appearances Anybody on a team, including manager, pitching coaches, coaches, or players, can go to a mound during the game. That now is six, the seventh time you have to change a pitcher. Now, um, I don't know what the average number of mound visits per game is. It's probably about four, maybe five, sometimes six when you get into multiple pitching changes. But let's face it, folks. When you go out and change a pitcher late in the game like a lot of managers do, and our own Terry Francona is a master of it, usually when they're going out to the mound, they're not going out 
to meet with the pitcher and talk about, you know, pitches to be thrown. They're going out to remove the pitcher and bring someone in. Well, that doesn't count against the number of going out to the mound. What counts is going out, is a catcher going out to the mound and conferring with the pitcher. That constitutes a mound visit. Unless there was, again, there's, there's always exceptions to the rule. Unless it's a brief to, you know, maybe something got crossed up and they want to check briefly with it. And again, all of this will be amended. All of this is kind of on a test trial. But I truly think that it's at least a small part in getting the game a little bit faster, speeding it up. The other thing is they're going to limit the time between innings during a regular season game, which will cut off, you know, maybe a few minutes per game. Uh, the length of uh, time between innings in a postseason game, however, will stay the same. And I get it because that's when they're selling a lot of commercial advertising time, and uh, you know, you know, you need to, you know, get the money in there to to, to pay everybody. But in discussion of how to speed up the game, recently there have been a few suggestions by Major League people that truly are blatantly stupid. The first one, and I honestly have no idea how somebody could have come up with this who has followed baseball for a long time. If a game is tied and you go into extra innings, you start the extra inning with a man on second base automatically. You just put a guy on second base, you put him in scoring position with nobody out. I guess the assumption is that runner's probably going to score and you know that's going to make the opposing team have to score in the bottom of the inning which uh, again they'll also have a runner on so i don't really know how how you uh, essentially reduce the number of uh, of time because you're going to have runners in scoring position to start the 10th inning i i don't really understand where baseball is uh, is going here with that. I, I really, really don't. The other thing is, and this, this to me is, uh, is absolutely crazy. I, 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 I have no idea why anybody would think of it. The trailing team in the ninth inning would get to bat anybody they want. Here's the argument. In the NBA, the best players are always on the court in crunch time unless they're hurt. In the NFL, you're not going to take out your best players, whether they're playing offense or defense, at the end of games during crunch time when either you need to score or your opponent needs to score. The best players remain on the field, on the court. So, so the suggestion is, well, why not have it the same way in Major League Baseball? If the 8th, ninth, let's say this, if the 7th, 8th, and ninth hitters are due up, all right, then let's have the 3, 4, and 5 batters come to bat. Make it more interesting. What? Why would you do that? Part of it is, you know, the anticipation, well, who's coming to bat in the bottom of the ninth inning? How can we, how can, do we have to use a pinch hitter? Do we have any more pinch hitters? How can we massage a base runner, maybe with not our best hitters 
coming up the bat in crunch time. That's always been the case in baseball. It has always worked. I think that's the that's part of the fabric of the game. Why in the world would you want to change that? What, to appease what, the millennials? Well, we need more entertainment. We need more excitement. Let's get more offense back in the baseball. That's downright blatantly stupid. If baseball ever went that way, I'm not sure if I'd continue to watch the game. It's so, so dumb. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I know our, our, our six, seven, and eight hitters are due up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Nah, let's... um. Let's 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 bring up our our leadoff hitter and our number three guy and our cleanup hitter just to give us a chance. So if you're leading by one run, which is tenuous to begin with, what you're going to let the other team essentially decide who bats and give themselves a much better chance to win even though the other team is leading? Now, no one has really um, owned up to suggesting this. The suggestion uh, appeared on a uh, sports TV show, called it Inside Information, heard it from an MLB, a Major League Baseball executive, who kind of floated that idea out. I got news for you. Take that idea and float it back into your head, and don't let it ever out again. All right? Leave it alone. Now, baseball has changed its rules over time, folks. We, 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 we've seen it. Some rules have been very subtle. Some rules have not. You know, the, the, the object of blocking the plate by a catcher, uh, that was changed a couple of years ago so that you really couldn't block the plate. I think the most famous rule changed by baseball in the last hundred years is the DH. You know, the DH, or as they call it, the wild card or pinch hitter, was first talked about in 1969 by Major League Baseball. 1969 was um, an expansion year when the Kansas City Royals, the one and only year Seattle Pilots, the Montreal Expos, and the San Diego Padres came into existence. And Major League Baseball, on its 100th anniversary, which was celebrated in 1969, floated the idea of changing things up a little bit. And one of them was having someone else bat for the pitcher. And they were going to experiment with that in the minor leagues and see how it went. Well, it really, it didn't go very far. Amazingly, just a few years later, the American League adopted the DH rule which has been in effect, as I said, since 1973. The National League, on the other hand, has never gone that route. Well, I like the DH. I'm a fan of the DH. Um, Pitchers usually don't hit. And it was one rule where I thought, you know, if you're going to try to add a little more offense to the game, then maybe that would be the way to do it. I like the DH, and I know there's still some baseball purists out there who hate it, who really hate it. And for the life of me, how can one sport play with two different rules? You know, when an American League team goes to a National League stadium during interleague play, 
the pitcher has to bat. When a National League team goes to an American League city during interleague play, then they get to use the DH. And that continues whenever they meet, and it continues in the World Series. It's just, it's just odd that you could have one sport that plays by two separate and different rules. I, I, I don't get it. I really don't. And I wish, and, and as much as I like the DH, that baseball would be played by one set of rules. I wish that somehow the American League owners or the American League establishment could convince the National League owners and the National League establishment to, to switch to the DH. But I don't think that will happen. At least there doesn't seem to be any indication that that would happen in the near future. So again, that's where a, a baseball rule has been changed, in my opinion, for the better. But again, even as I said, it's kind of screwed up because you have one league playing by one separate rule and the other league playing by another separate rule, which really doesn't make sense. I found an interesting article that was published in 2015 about 10 bizarre rules that used to exist in Major League Baseball. And again, it just shows you that baseball is willing to change. Most of these rules that were in effect were in place when baseball was just getting going in the late 1800s. You know that from 1867 to 1887, batters had the right to request low or a high pitch from a pitcher. Imagine going to going to be going to to be at bat and telling the pitcher where you'd like to pitch well that happened in the late 1800s from eight, from um from the time baseball started until 1864 if you hit a ball that bounced once and you caught it it was an out and foul balls was the same way until 1883 crazy today up until 19, up until 1883, pitchers were required to throw underhanded. So from the beginning of baseball till 1883, essentially baseball was softball. Pitchers threw the ball underhanded. From 1885 to 1893, now think about this, folks. One side of the bat was allowed to be flat. Flat. From 1885 to 1893, up until, up until 1887, walks were scored as hits for one year. Actually, that was only in 1887. So if you got a walk, Major League Baseball said it was a base hit. Six, umpires used to, in the very early days, not stand behind home plate or behind the pitchers, but sit off to the side in a chair and call the game from a chair. I think a lot of umpires would like to do it that way this, in this day and age. Rather than crouching, catchers would stand a few feet behind home plate until the early 1900s. Yeah, they would stand up. They wouldn't be as close to the batters as they are today and would stand behind home plate. Maybe the most infamous rule, the spitball, was allowed uh, until 1920. 
And we all know the sad story uh, of Ray Chapman, who was killed by a spitball. And after that incident, the spitball was forever forbidden. Although, trust me, pitchers continue to put stuff on the ball. It's not just spit, but it's all kind of illegal substances that until today, some pitchers still use. Again, all kinds of different rules. Ground rules were changed. You could hit a home run on one bounce into the stands. That's right. Up until 1930, as what, as what we would know today as a ground rule double, those were home runs. One bounce, if you got it into the stands and you were unable as an outfielder to knock it down, you got a big fat home run out of it. So again, those were rules that were there in the very early stages of the game and today no longer exist. As I said, sports adapts to, do, to new rules. The NBA has a three-point shot when for many, many decades uh, you only had two-point shots. The NFL has now used a two-point conversion Overtime rules are, are different and changed up. Where you kick the ball off, where you put the ball after a kickoff, after a touchback, that line of scrimmage has been changed. So sports has been willing to adapt from time to time. And I have no problem changing the rules to suit the sport when it's needed. Sometimes it's very, very healthy for that to happen. And I agree. But right now with baseball sitting there and offering to bat anybody when you're losing in the ninth inning is downright crazy. By putting a runner on automatically at second base in extra innings when a game is tied is downright crazy. And you know what? Before it's all said and done, I am absolutely positive that more crazy rule suggestions will be made. Unfortunately, they'll be made by people um, in the upper thresholds of Major League Baseball. Before we leave, I'll tell you one, it's not a rule, but, and, I, and, and, and here's where I have a right to change my mind. For many, for many years, I thought the whole, the whole idea of interleague play was a great thing. Yeah. Why not a few games a year have the Indians play the Cincinnati Reds or the Pittsburgh Pirates or maybe one other team with no natural rivalry just to, to give fans a taste of what it would be like to play a team from another league on a very limited basis. Well, after seeing how interleague play has gone, seeing how it's now rotated by division, See how much it's taken up of the schedule. I'm ready to put up my hands and say, okay, I've seen enough of interleague baseball. Let's just go back to the old way. You know, if you want to see the Cincinnati Reds or the Los Angeles Dodgers or any other team in any other league, you can turn on your TV every night and get those games. You don't have to wait at all. It was a novel experiment. I think it worked for a while. I think it was entertaining for a while, but now I think it's um, outgrown its usefulness. Maybe you keep the, the one natural rivalry 
Indians and Reds or perhaps Indians and Pirates, Cubs, White Sox, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Angels, Giants, A's, Rangers, Astros. Still having a hard time thinking of the Astros in the American League. I'm sorry. I've grown up with the Astros in the National League all my life. Having them in the American League is ridiculous. So, see, something that I really liked before, I'm now willing to say, okay, had enough, it's over, let's get done with it, and let's move on. As I said, I can't wait until somebody else in Major League Baseball proposes another really, really, really dumb idea to make the game quicker or, as I should say, more exciting, which it will absolutely, positively not be the case. That's another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. We will see you down the road. Subscribe to the Dean's Dissertation today.